Hello and welcome to Robotics Roundtable. I am Tim Dunai. I'm happy to be your host for the next hour. And joining me in the co-host seat is my friend Brian Sorensen. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing good, Tim. I'm looking forward to today's discussion. As always, as always. Um, we meet here weekly to discuss FIRST Robotics competition season. Uh, and specifically, we usually meet to talk with the teams from Southwest Michigan area. During the first couple weeks of the season here, most of our area teams are focusing on building their robot. So we're reaching out and we're talking to some of the people who are involved in STEM programs, other FIRST programs, those who kind of support the, the programs behind the scenes. So that's giving us the opportunity to reach out and meet some additional people and introduce them to you. Um, we meet weekly to do this. And in addition to being on the radio, you can catch our Facebook post as well as our podcast on WSJM.com. And we'd like to welcome this week onto the show, Kevin Scarupa and Jake Sanchez. How's it going, How Tim? Oh, we're doing good. Actually, Jake, I got to correct it. It's Jacob Sanchez. I got to make sure I get that right. So <laughs> um, let's, uh, we'll start a little bit of a conversation. First, how about you guys? Uh, we'll start, Jacob. Go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of details about you, who you are, uh, your employer, what you're, what you're doing career-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So again, name's Jacob Sanchez. 24 years old, I am a application engineer at Edgewater Automation down in St. Joseph. Been in uh, Michigan for a year and a half now, but been in manufacturing and robotics for eight years. Excellent. And Kevin, how about you? Um, kind of same thing to reintroduce. I'm Kevin Skrupa. I'm a mechanical engineer at Eagle Technologies in Bridgman. Um, I've been doing that for just short of five years now. Um, I started on an apprenticeship program right out of high school and I've been doing engineering ever since. Ever since, so quite the long <laughs> career. So um, we, we want to, uh, we want to learn a little bit kind of, I think about, uh, at least I know that I want to discuss some of the things I know about you guys and let Brian kind of maybe ask some questions too. But the first of all is you guys are relatively young, um, especially when you compare us to, you know, compare you guys to me and Brian. Um, how did you get involved? I'm going to start with Kevin. How did you get involved with FIRST Robotics? How did you hear about it and what drew you to it? Um, so I first heard about it when I was in eighth grade, actually. My brother was a year ahead of me in school and my dad, well, my dad had to push him a little bit to get him involved in the program in the first place, um, but finally did. And my brother, of course, was absolutely hooked. Um, I was quite honestly, a little bit intimidated by it, kind of wanted to stay away. But one night my dad forced me to go there for half an hour because he needed to pick Vince up. And I got there and I was drawn in before I knew it. Um, I, there were students there who were all over me, just asking me all kinds of questions, wanting to get to know me, what I was interested in. And I mean, the rest is history. I haven't been able to leave it ever since. So Tell me what was the, the part where, why were you hesitant? Why, you know, you, you got into it and you got hooked, but what was it that you were intimidated by? I guess I didn't really see myself as that mechanically inclined when I was young. I was really interested in baseball. I was playing a lot of sports, you know, playing basketball and doing all that kind of stuff. But once I started to get into it, I realized it's like, you know, I feel like I kind of have a knack for this kind of stuff. And then 
it was a community. There were a bunch of people there who were, you know, really friendly, happy to get to know me, happy to teach me stuff. And I mean, it just snowballed and I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I ever thought I would. Okay. And you've transitioned and we'll come back and talk a little bit about your time in first, but you've transitioned from being a participant student to now you're an active mentor for a team, correct? Yes. Okay. And then Jacob, how about you? Did you participate in first as an active, as a student who was involved in competition or what's your arc? When did you get involved? Um, I feel a little bit of shame every time I tell this story, but so our high school did have a first um, team. They had a robotics team. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. I just knew it was the robotics team. And I, I was heavy into CNC machining, programming, um, running the actual hazes on our floor. And so I was in that world. So I'd see them in the room with me after hours working on their project. <laughs> I, I thought that because I ran the cool like CNC machines, I was like, oh, what are these guys doing? Playing with robots, coding. I was like, nerd. I was like, look at this. Look what I'm making. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so bad now because now that I'm so fully involved, but that was my first, I didn't know it. That was my first glimpse of first. I didn't get involved as knowing the organization for what it is until I was a senior in high school about to graduate. And one of the teachers I used to help um, train after hours in his um, machine shop, he needed okay. a volunteer um, for the competition he was hosting. And so I told him I would volunteer. He can put me in whatever. And he put me in a judge role for an FTC competition. Okay. Uh, he signed off because he knew my industry experience. He put me judging mechanical design. And that led to my first time ever finding out about FIRST and what it really was. And um, so we didn't touch on to it. Kevin, you grew up in the Southwest Michigan area, correct? Yes. And, and pretty much stayed in this area. So, and then Jacob, you said you've only been in Michigan about a year and a half. Where, where did you grow up and kind of your, uh, ge your geography, where have you been? Born and raised in California. Um, I'm 24 now. I was born and raised for 20 years in California or 21 before I moved. Um, and I was Sacramento area when I was in California. Okay. Um, so that's like seven hours away from SoCal, from Los Angeles. Okay. And then I moved from California to Texas and I was in Texas for a year and then Texas to Michigan. Okay. Okay. So, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is there's, you know, we're talking about first robotics for inspiration, recognition of science and technology. It is a global program. And even within the States, um, there is a difference in the program that runs in Michigan versus what happens in California or Texas, just from an exposure standpoint, um, the number of teams, even some of the philosophies behind how the teams are structured, uh, there are some differences. And it's always good to just kind of know some of those things. Um, there was a point that you had mentioned Kevin, that I just want to go back to where you said, you know, you were involved a little bit more like in baseball. And it, it kind of got me to think here, um, when we're at an event, would you consider this to be a sporting event? <laughs> um, well, I think it's, I think it's quite different in that there is more energy at a robotics competition than at a sporting event. And the reason I say that is because even when there isn't action out on the field, 
there is action in the stands. They're playing music. Kids are get, getting up and dancing. You got people running back and forth to the pits. I mean, it's it holds a lot of the the similarities and like everyone's laser focused on what's going out on going on out on the field. But there's this mm-hmm. whole element, other element of what's going on in the pits, what's going on in the stands. Students talking to each other, students getting up and interacting. It's it's really neat seeing the interactions there between competitors both you know against each other and with each other at the competitions yeah i would uh i I have said it before i mean our events take place in a high school gymnasium i don't know that i've been in a high school gymnasium that has been any louder for any reason than being at the finals of a robotics competition uh the roof is literally just going and it's the music and then even forget the music when the when that when the, um, you know, when you're trying to augment the sound and bring in the music to get everyone pumped up, but when the music stops and the competition itself is happening and the fact that you can get, you know, three robots to hang all simultaneously and everybody who's involved with that competition understands what it took to make that happen. And there's an explosion of sound and you're like, okay, this is definitely a lot more energetic than a baseball game. I'm going to give you that much. So, um, Brian, we're going to go ahead and uh, probably take a little pause here. And then I think when we come back, I want to find out from, from Kevin and Jacob uh, their career paths and how it's been in, uh, affected by their exposure to STEM programs and to FIRST Robotics. All right. We'll continue our discussion with Kevin and Jacob. It's Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with my co-host, as always, Tim Deny. Tim, before the break, I found it interesting. Kevin had mentioned something about it being a community with robotics. Now, the first competition I went to that you you were really excited for me to come to this. And yes. I couldn't understand how much of a community and how much truth there is to what Kevin is saying, because it's not just this team versus that team. The kids interact with each other. They help each other. If this team needs a part, this other team has it. They work together. It's not just every team is is in it on its own. It's a huge community. And I thought I, I had tremendous respect for everybody involved just seeing that alone. And it was truly awesome to see. Yeah, I for me personally, um, I enjoy the technical aspect and, and the, the work that the students do to develop this robot and the robot competes and that's enjoyable. But I, I, you know, I guess it's always that soft side, which my kids don't think I have a soft side, but that soft <laughs> side to me that says the community aspect where somebody's trying to help somebody else. Uh, we have a term within FIRST Robotics, it's gracious professionalism, gracious professionalism and cooperation. I'm going to compete with you and we're going to do some things that are work together. We're going to compete against each other, but we're not going to step on each other and try to hurt each other along the way. Um, so I, I want to open it up to, you know, we're going to start Kevin a little bit because you kind of lived that community experience a little bit in a different way than Jacob has. So if you could share a little bit of that, and then we're going to come to you, Jacob, the perspective of somebody who joined that community a little bit later and now what you see. So Kevin, how about we let you kind of, add on to what Brian was talking about in regards to community and the aspect within first. Um, thanks, Tim. I, I really, I think I value 
community. I might be somewhat op- opposite to you, Tim, but not that I don't necessarily like the te- technical aspect, but I love the community aspect of it probably more than anything. Um, best friendships I've ever had have been with other kids in the robotics program because we have so much in common and because we have that, you know, common goal of getting together every year and, and building a robot for, you know, whatever game it is to do something that's really awesome. Um, I know I, I kind of wanted to throw this story in there that, you know, before kickoff, just to get everyone together, because everyone was in town a few years ago, we went to breakfast right before going over to the kickoff event at Lake Michigan College. And it was, I believe, you know, me from Robotarians, it was three students from Lakeshore. It was a couple students from New Buffalo. And I believe it was another student yet from Berrien Springs. I mean, it was all different schools, all different teams. We all competed against each other, but we all wanted to get together and see each other and talk and catch up just because we shared that robotics thing in common. And I, I truly think it's one of those things that's greater than the sum of its parts. When you get everyone together and you get them working together on these things. Yeah. You know, you can put four people together and have them come up with some amazing ideas. You put four more people in that mix and it compounds, right? You can just keep adding and getting more and more ideas in the mix. And as long as you're all communicating, there's a lot that can come out of that. And I think that first is the, it's kind of the bright spot where you see that beginning to happen and and growing from there. And I'm going to say that also too, um, because no matter what you're a part of, whether it's a single high school, you know, a a baseball team or whatever, there's always the community piece, but I'm going to say in, in just what you've told there, those, those um, friends that you were having breakfast with is probably, would it be fair to say that's not a community that you would have developed because those, those locales are different from each other. You're not going to get to Bering Springs or, you know, or to New Buffalo to meet up with them. Is that correct? Absolutely. Well, and, and to that aspect, this is a, perhaps an even better one. Um, Cause I think this is, this is a really good story I, I like to share. Um, so a huge shout out to tech bikes, Tim, you know, I've, you know, been, been friends with them for a while. I was, at one of what our events, I believe it was what, uh, 2054 what, what from Hopkins. There we go. Um, so they, I was over there in their pit talking to them last year, and one of their mentors mentioned something saying, hey, when Worlds comes around, since it's quick turnaround from state, we're going to get a couple different teams' robots together, and we're going to trailer all of them down to Houston yeah. so that we can make sure they get there without having to work out shipping. And right. She mentioned, hey, so if you need someone to help you get down there, let us know. Well, lo and behold, we end up going to state and we were, when it came down to it, we were maybe 16 places out from qualifying for Worlds. So we're like, probably not. So we packed everything up and we were on our way home. Well, an hour into our drive home, they're shipping all these robots from state and we get a call saying, hey, where's your robot? We got a box for you. We're like, what? <laughs> and they're telling us, hey, you qualified for Worlds. Like, oh, we didn't think we qual- we'd qualify for Worlds. Well, now what are we going to do? We're an hour home. We can't, we, we can't just turn around and make that hour drive back. And, you know, it's going to be two, three o'clock in the morning by the time we can ship our robot. What are we going to do? Well, luckily, I had had that conversation. And I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out 
and see if we can arrange something. Uh And I mean, it was next day. It was early in the morning. We were headed up to Hopkins. We were getting, getting the robot loaded up there and they took our robot there. There was no way we were going to make that happen otherwise. So I got to add this piece into it because we got to put a time frame around what all this is Um, because of a recovery from, um, from 2020 and COVID there's, you know, there were commitments that first had made the championships in Houston were the weekend after the championship, the Michigan state championship. So they found out and and literally they had, you know, because of a a resource or connection that Kevin had, they had to figure out, okay, how are we going to get a robot? They had to figure out within hours, hotels, logistics to go from, from the, from the Bering County area to Houston. So, I mean, just all those things, the fact that you were able to alleviate a little bit of that and go, okay, we'll get the logistics. We got to get the robot there and we know that's going to be taken care of. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, 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 I'm glad you shared that. It's a great example of that community piece. So I'm going to, I'm going to flip over and go Jacob from you now, because you didn't get to have maybe the, 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 the breakfast with a bunch of friends from high school that are doing this, but I know you've developed now some friendships out of your involvement, whether that was California or here in Michigan, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you've seen of that community piece of first. Yeah. So that, what that community piece of first means to me is, is quite literally that how beautiful it is that this can bring together people that aren't even involved in the competition. This is open to the public. Anybody can walk into these things and attend. And I took advantage of that. So I used to get calls once I did that first competition in California, I got a call a week later from a school in Napa Valley, which is four and a half hours away from where I was. And they said, hey, we heard you judge at this competition. Would you mind coming to help us out? We're short staff. So I drove down to Napa Valley and I brought my dad with me. I was like, hey, Pops, I was like, do you want to come check out? Like, I have to go. I have to work, but you can stay in the stands and check out the competition. So I brought my dad. And on the next competition, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, hey, do you want to come just watch this? I I have to work it. Can you do this? Um, So I quite literally brought my friends and family to these events to expose them to an industry that that they knew I was in, but they didn't really know what it was. Um, So that's been a really powerful thing when it comes to the community at first. And the the experiences I've got to have as a judge, I, I think are is probably the most unique experiences um, that you can have at these competitions besides the kids just working together and making new friendships because the awards that some of these kids get quite literally can change their career. Like it, it'll change how, where they go to college. It'll change what they put on their resume. It'll change how they perceive their successes. Um, and it, changes how they go to state competitions and worlds as well. And Tim, I think you you were here when this happened to me. So you may remember the story when I was at a, it was an FTC competition um, just a few months ago last year. And I was a judge for a team that won an award and the team recognized me. And so when they were running by doing the high fives, this girl that was in the room when I judged, like squeezed my hand when she was running by and I was like, mm. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm okay. I'm not going to cry. I'm fine. And <laughs> no, it wasn't because it hurt you. It wasn't yes, because it was... you squeezed your hand so hard. Right. <laughs> emotional, emotional. And so I'm, I'm following, I'm following Tim around 
and like a little shadow doing this, cleaning stuff up. And the team's taking a picture with their trophy. And she's like looking around, says something to maybe a parent or a mentor or something, and then sees me and her eyes light up and she runs over and like wraps her arms around me, gives me a hug. My hands are like this. I'm looking at Tim. I'm like, Tim, I don't know what to do. Like I'm doing this. And she just laughs and I just kind of like tap her on the back and then she pulls back. She's like, you don't understand how much she's talking fast. You don't understand how much this means. to me. You don't really know how hard we work for this. I'm just so appreciative. And I was like, well, you earned it. And I turned around and I went behind the bleachers and I cried like a little baby. And it was was nuts. It's nuts that you can get that, that you can get that from just, playing a simple part. I was there to volunteer, work the event, and I did not go into that thinking that I was going to have this emotional, this impact on me. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And and so I'm going to tell you, Ed, because I know that now, and I already knew this before with Jacob yeah. anyway, because Jacob and the time that we've gotten to know each other has, um, he is, he, he's at every event that I ask him to be at and he's he's fully invested. I'm going but to Mishawaka this weekend. The, the, yeah, because, because judges experience things like this, it is so easy to invite them back. I don't have to fight to get people back. In some cases, I have to tell different judges, hey, I've got to have you sit this one out and have someone else get that opportunity. So mm-hmm. um, that's, I, I, I'm glad that, Brian, you brought up that community aspect of it. It's like it's almost something that I just I just take for granted after a while. I just expect when I walk into a, into a venue for an event it's, I'm going to be moved by, you know, by something that happens that's going to catch me completely off guard. But I really enjoyed that conversation. When we come back, I want to talk with um, Jacob and Kevin a little bit about their careers and where they see that first robotics and STEM and how that all kind of um, enhances what they see in their day-to-day life within industry. So, Brian, I'll let you take us out to commercial. All right, so we'll continue our conversation with Kevin and Jacob on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with Tim Denai. Before the break, we were had an awesome conversation about community, but now we want to kind of turn and talk to the guys, Kevin and Jacob, more about their um, their careers. I want to hear a little bit more about their careers and what they're doing and how it all ties together. Yeah, I, I, I want to, you know, let's add into that a little bit, too. And, you know, what, was there an influence that the um, even at the beginning or or as you become more involved with first and STEM programs, um, how did that affect your 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 careers that you have? And let's let's start with we'll go with um, Kevin. Let's start with you and then we'll jump into Jacob here. OK. All right. Um, I think the big thing for me at first was. You know, I, when I was freshman or sophomore in high school, kind of like in the robotics program, I wasn't quite sure yet what I wanted to get into. You know, I was always really into math and I was, you know, getting the hang of a lot of this stuff at robotics, but I wasn't confident that there was anything in particular robotics that I was that interested in. Um, and then I got my hands on SolidWorks. <laughs> and once I started drawing stuff in a three-dimensional CAD software like that, I started to realize like how cool it was, like what I can do. Like I have the power to do some really impressive stuff. And I got introduced to all that my sophomore year, you know, I'm designing 
carts for the team. And then that, of course, snowballed into robot components and then more and more stuff. And through those years of being on the team, I was able to learn a lot of those skills. And, you know, there's the understanding of the process when, you know, you have an idea like, okay, we want the robot to do this. What can we do to make that happen? Being able to draw that up in a software and then being able to implement it was really cool to see happen real time. And it's all on the fly needs to be done right away. You know, it's, this is due yesterday kind of stuff. And that is very similar now because, and I know Jacob can relate to this. We both work in automation. So everything is very much the same way in, in our, you know, in our business lives where, you know, the dates are, the dates are set and you've got to hit them and it's, (laughs) it's going to be difficult. You, you you have to be up for the challenge, but that's, you know, it's a similar, um, a similar schedule where you're, you know, you're dreaming stuff up. You're trying to figure out a way to do it. It gets designed, it gets made, you know, probably going to have to remake a lot of stuff, but you're going to get there eventually. And through that, I was able to transition. And anytime you start a new job, you're drinking out of a fire hose for, <laughs> for a while. Um, right. But it came naturally, you know, and I was very invested in it because I knew the process and I knew where it was leading and you know, being able to walk out on the floor and see the equipment in action in the same way that you could see a robot in action at an event um, and being able to look at it and say, that's cool. I did that. I can be proud of it. So I'm going to say then that you, in addition to the skill set, because it's unique, you know, it doesn't always fall this way, but you took out of it two things. I'm going to say the, the, you learned how to work in CAD and, you know, because of that, now you get to see, I can create something, but then you also, you developed an understanding of how you were a part of, here's the timeline of the project that needs to get done. And where you, so would it be fair to say those are two things that you picked out or picked up out of first? Absolutely. Okay. So then Jacob, I mean, and I'm also looking at, because I know you too, a little bit from, from business, Kevin is the machine designer. He's the guy who has to go take this, um, this concept that the applications engineer Jacob said, I think this is how we can do it. And you guys are chuckling because that's an interesting dynamic in itself. So, so Jacob, talk a little bit about how you as an apps engineer, you have to talk to a customer, figure out what they would like, propose a solution. And in the back of your mind, you don't have to upset, you don't want to upset your equivalent of Kevin, who's working with you as the machine designer. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of similarities after I describe this with how first operates with the teams. So yeah, as an apps guy, I have to understand that what I'm doing is the rough idea. My main job is to get the costing, make sure all the money is there for what my rough idea can turn into once like, let's say Kevin gets his hands on it. I need to make sure that money's there. I need to make sure that we're not missing any giant, oh, we need, we really need to use this type of robot instead of this one, or it's not going to work at all. Because then once it still gets to Kevin, there's no way he's going to make it work. Um, so I have to keep that. Kevin doesn't have a, Kevin doesn't have a magic pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have, to Go keep, ahead, continue. I have to keep that in the back of my mind, um, as well as due dates as well. The customers need to have my quote, which is going to be the cost of their machine 
by a certain date because they have their own deadlines with their bosses. Um, it's this it's this big line that if one thing gets knotted up and it's delayed, it's going to set a lot of other people back that you may not be thinking about. Um, and it was interesting with first, I've learned a lot. So when I did, when I was a CNC machinist, I really realized how much these kids are getting ready for real jobs out there. And I don't know if they know it yet. And I hope they do that on the machining side, on the design side, I saw what they were having to already do to make this robot work. They're going to have to do the same thing to make parts work when they're making things for customers or prototyping when they're designing their own parts. And now that I've been judging for five years or so, and have got to work on a larger team at Edgewater, because I have project managers, mechanical engineers, controls engineers, the, the people on the floor building it. <laughs> um, I've realized that the teams at first are companies. These teams, these kids are running it like a company. You have, you have your team leader. That could be your project manager. These kids have marketing teams. They have business plans. That's your marketing team at work. You have your build team. You have your programming team. You have your design team. Those are all real jobs that they can go do after first because they're already ready. They have that skill set and they haven't gone to college yet. And when we talk about first, remember, this is FLL, FTC, and FRC. That means they're ranging from what, Tim? FLL goes down to kindergarten? Or third yes. so you're, 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 it is the concepts of working together as a team. The size of the task is smaller and it grows <laughs> as we get bigger. But all of those things that you want to see come together. And, and you guys have both done. Um, I've had you both help me as a, as a Lego League, first Lego League judge or first tech, uh, first tech um, challenge judge. Um, you get to see those those same priorities happening with the teams and the students and I, I, you know, still, I mean, I, I'm just jumping in to throw this one piece in here. And I think we, um, we had the conversation last week, Brian, with Jay Flores. And he, he told us about a 10 year old girl who walked up to him and, and said, this is my robot. And its name is Tobar because it's robot spelled backwards. And then she <laughs> proceeded to tell Jay about her use of an ultrasonic sensor to hear a 10 year old, a third grader tell you about an ultrasonic sensor um, and why they want to use it. It's, it's impressive, but then they can explain to not only judges, but they can tell, you can watch them have discussions as a team about the pros and cons about why to use a strategy or a particular type of programming method or piece of hardware. Um, so it's, it, you know, to, I think to the point that both of you guys are, are making, it's, you know, um, and you hit on it really well, Jacob, is students are doing some of this and don't even really recognize what they're doing. So I'll go back and Kevin, you in the midst of as you're learning these things, you can look back on it now and go, OK, this this is really that was training for me. But when you're in the in the, the heat of the fire, did you really realize that this was training for the career that you were going to end up in? Um, I. I would love to say yes, <laughs> um, but it was very subtle. I was so focused in the moment on, we need to get this robot done. We need to get to the competition. We need to be successful. This needs to work. And, you know, all late nights there till 11 or 12, my mind is entirely on just getting the robot running. And once, you know, 
once I graduated and, and started to work my way into that, that's when everything, you know, it kind of just all pops up. It, it shows up that like, wow, this is very similar. This was all leading right into doing this. And I was just having fun, <laughs> you know, that's the powerful having fun, but learning. Go ahead. Say that again, oh. Jacob. I just got excited. That's the that's the powerful thing about us helping out, though, Kevin. The fact that you now have that insight and you can go to the competitions and go to the kids and say, "Hey, you know that this could lead to this, this, and this because you've already done it." Like that's awesome. That that's what they need to hear. It's so cool. And so I know how the conversation goes. I want to stick a pin right on that statement because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that because Kevin has a way that he has something else that he can share with the students to go look. I know that you can take this and move to the next level. And we'll, we'll use that as the tease to bring you back after commercial. Brian? All right. We'll wrap up our conversation with Kevin and Jacob on Robotics Roundtable. This is News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with Tim Deny. We have Kevin and Jacob here. And it's I'm almost sad to see this is the the last segment of this hour because I've had a fantastic conversation with you guys about everything that you guys have been doing in this industry and everything about robotics. Thank you. Uh, again, we thank you guys for your time. So before we took a little bit of a break there, I said we're gonna we're gonna come back to um, Kevin and you're Kevin, you're gonna kind of share Jacob talked a little bit about how you can tell the students, hey, well, I've lived through this and this is going to benefit you. And you've got a unique story how you can definitely tell them the benefits. So share with the, you know, with, uh, with our listeners, kind of the story of Kevin at the end of first and into his career. Um, well, I'm almost kind of glad you said end of first, because I'm going to correct you. <laughs> um, I, so I thought it as I said, it, so go ahead, correct me. Um, so my sophomore year, roughly, um, is when I became aware that three of the judges at the St. Joe event were Keith Sawyer, Rod Curley, and Jason Cleveland. And I knew, since my dad works at Eagle, that they were bosses there. Well, I was out there talking to them, you know, I was having conversations with these guys. They're the judges. I'm telling them about my robot. They're getting to know me. And, you know, it's pretty casual, but you know, they're, we're talking about some really cool stuff. Well, fast forward, you know, more and more next year, more and more the next year. Well, by the time I'm, you know, it's my senior year, I'm moving forward. We're still talking. And now it's talking about, Hey, we have, we want to start up this apprenticeship program so and you know work with engineering as well as the you know machining and machine building electrician apprenticeship programs we offer so we had these conversations we're like all right let's do this apprenticeship program it's going to be a two-year thing going to walk away with an associate's degree and eagle is going to cover the cost of the schooling while paying for the work hours and it's like okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's a win-win for me. I mean, I'm, I'm getting the free schooling. I'm getting paid to work and I'm going to have all this work experience on top of an associate's degree as an engineer. That's, that's pretty awesome. Well, you know, things like that where I'm stepping into an interview room and I mean, these are three guys that I've known for years from the event as judges, you know, these they're 
friends of mine at this point. They're not, I don't look at them as like, Oh, these, these are the bosses. Like they're going to hire me as like, well, they're friends of mine. I know these guys. And right. Yeah. From there, it just, it flowed right into the apprenticeship program. And it was exactly that it was two years. I was taking classes at LMC. It was hands-on stuff because LMC has the Hanson tech center, which is a, an amazing facility. They've got some great equipment there, you know, working on a bridge port, learning how to machine, you know, getting to see that side of things, getting to take all the CAD classes and, you know, going and being able to take the gen eds as well, even, and, and just get that full spectrum of a college education granted only an associate's degree, not a full bachelor's or master's degree or, degree or anything like that. But regardless, that's, it's a college degree and it's, two years of work experience at the age of 20 when the apprenticeship program is, is finishing up. And then from there, I'm already employed. I'm just going to be working at Eagle from there on out. And the difference between all that money going into, you know, a student loan to go to a college, or just if you're lucky enough to be able to pay <laughs> a lot of that money to the college, right. Right? you're, you're in debt at that point, you're investing a lot in yourself to go to a university where being able to get into this apprenticeship, it's flipped the other way around and you're getting paid while you're learning. And it's, I really have not seen any better opportunity and as available as it is with the first program where you're able to meet these people from local companies who are willing to hire you and looking to hire students just like you if you're interested in doing these kinds of things for a career. So Jacob, have you seen, I know that, you know, so Kevin's at Eagle, Ed, uh, Eagle Technologies, you're at Edgewater Automation, which both of those companies in my mind are great supporters. There's some other great supporters of, of First Robotics in this community too, but um, there are alumni like Kevin that are at both locations. Um, have you seen that and interacted with some of those, you know, I know that you work with like um, Cody Lawson. Cody Laughlin is one that comes to mind. Actually, he's a he is a, an alumni of the same team as Kevin. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've kind of seen maybe talk a little bit about how you talk to um, people in industry and these students about their paths that they can take. Yeah, I mean, we just hosted a first team that came in last Friday and me and Dave Goodenough, who's a mentor of a team took them around the shop and we told them about every job that's open to them. We told them about what the jobs do to build these machines. And we related that back to how they're building the robot. And this could be like that. It just gets a little bigger and more expensive. <laughs> um, and it's true. And um, we brought in Cody, we brought in um, Vince and we showed them that this path can lead to employment and it doesn't have to be, after your four year, like Kevin was saying, you can, why would you want to spend your own money that you may not even have when an employer is saying, please let me pay for you, please come do work for me also, and then go to school. Um, and that's something that, that, that's honestly why I stay in first. As a younger person too, I want to be able to reach these kids now and say, hey, I know what this can do for you. I've seen it happen for this person. I've seen it happen for this person. And that's why I go to these events to judge. That's why I go to these events to create content and create buzz in video form and push that out to everybody because I want people to understand that this isn't just some, it's an amazing fun activity, 
that you can do outside of school, but that's not just what it is. This is preparing people, these are preparing these kids to take the next step into our industry and run the world. Automation and manufacturing literally runs the world 24 seven. And these are gonna be the kids that are gonna keep doing it. It's the ultimate sleight of hand. The kids are having so much fun and don't realize that they've just been trained for yeah. this career and whatever they, and, and we have students who come in and go, I want to do technical and realize I'm not really bent to do the technical piece, but I found out I can do this marketing piece mm-hmm. or vice versa. And you find, you know, so it's, it's a great, you know, this, this incubator for all these great ideas and what these students are going to be. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that we give you guys the opportunity. And this has been a great conversation. Um, probably have to cut it short a little bit, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to give a shout out. Somebody's kind of helped to get you to this point, um, you know, when your career path, where you guys have ended up at, who would you guys give a shout out to? Uh, we're going to, we're going to flip Jacob. I'm going to let you go first. Cause, cause oh. Kevin's talking more than I've ever heard him talk before. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start off with a shout out to Edgewater Automation, who, if I didn't get the job to move from Texas to here, I wouldn't be in Michigan right now. I wouldn't have met any of you. I wouldn't have done anything that I've done to promote this industry on my LinkedIn channel. And that's another people that I'd like to thank as well. My LinkedIn community, Jake Hall, Eddie Saunders Jr., these crazy people, Jody Michaels, that are just so passionate about educating the next generation of our workforce, not to just replace them, but to make it better, to make a better industry, to make a better world. Um, so shout out to all those people. Excellent. Kevin, how about you? Um, I think First and foremost for me, it would have to be my parents. Um, obviously, Tim, you know my dad. My dad's been working in automation engineering since he was 18 years old as well. Um, so, yeah, he's coming up on 45 years at this point and just has a ton of experience, and that's incredibly useful to me. But, of course, also, you know, my, my mom has just been supportive, loving, right there between the two of them for them to – you know, still be together and to be supportive, loving my whole life has been the greatest blessing I could ever ask for. Um, So huge shout out to them. And then a shout out to, to the kids that are currently in the program and kind of, yeah, we're inspiring them to get into these jobs and positions, but they're inspiring us to work for (laughs) them, right? We see some of these, the things that these kids are coming up with and doing, I mean, going to the world's competition last year and seeing what those kids do, how they interact and kids from the Robotarians going out and getting a whole bunch of shirts and like shirts from other teams that you never would expect. I mean, the things that these kids do are amazing. Um, Jacob, you had a great story as well. Um, the kids inspire us and a huge shout out to them for, you know, continuing to, to be involved in this and to just for everything they do. It's incredible. Um, I, I'm just smiling here. I'm going to wrap it up quickly, Brian, but I am smiling because Kevin is one of those kids <laughs> that, that, that I've known Kevin a long time. And he was one of those kids that started and it's like, now the kid is calling other people kids. And I'm like, well, how did that happen? And I didn't age any. Like that's, that's a whole different show that we're going to do, though. So, right. Um, uh, Kevin and Jacob, thanks. I mean, I reached out to you guys only a couple of days ago. But in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I know this will be a great conversation because I've had these conversations with you guys individually. 
Um, so I appreciate what you guys have done throughout your careers with FIRST, what you continue to do for us locally in the Southwest Michigan area. Um, and I look forward to how you guys are going to inspire the next generation that inspires the next generation. Um, again, thank you guys for, for your time. Looking forward to seeing you guys both. Um, Jacob, you're going to be one of my judges at the St. Joe competition. Sure. Kevin, I know you've got some volunteer duties, but then you're also going to be a mentor supporting his team at the uh, St. Joseph High School competition. So again, thank you guys very much, Brian. Thanks for a great conversation. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next time we get together locally. If you're listening to us on the radio, tune in next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Otherwise, go take a look at WSJM's Facebook page for the video of this. Um, and then also look at WSJM.com for podcast. Until we get together again next week, make it a great day.